0: Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. Today's episode is with Zoe Kent. Zoe is an eighth generation farmer in Ohio. At age 26, Zoe took over as the owner of Kent Family Farms. While she's in charge of the grain farming operation, her dad, Mickey, is still a mentor, guide, and occasional guest star of Zoe's social media accounts, at Farm with Zoe. Zoe uses her platforms to post family-friendly, entertaining clips about farming. Please welcome Zoe Kent. How are things in Ohio? Is it steamy and hot in Texas? Or is it as hot there <laughs> as it is in Texas right now? Um, it is very humid
1: and also we have all the wildfire smoke um it's funny it's like we've been having this on and off for weeks and every time that I wake up and I walk outside I'm like oh it's foggy today and then I have to like remember that it's not
0: fog yes and those is that the wildfires from Canada still impacting you guys okay yep yep yeah and I I don't know I know obviously that they're happening and but I haven't looked too much into kind of Everything that's going on up there, but I know it's definitely been detrimental, and the fact that it's impacting uh, us in the U.S. is means that it's burning a lot of land for sure, right? Yeah, yep. So, um, I wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit better. This is our first interaction, uh, off of social media, I guess. Um, but what growing up were you involved in agriculture at all?
1: Yes, um, so. The farm that we are operating on today, this is where I live, is three miles down the road from where I grew up. Okay. Um, on that farm, we had a cow-calf herd in our pasture. Um, so we were very much surrounded by it. And my dad was a full-time farmer. Uh, however, like it, what I see today on a lot of farms is like the kids are out there doing the chores with the parents, doing stuff like that. It was definitely, my dad went to work. He did his job. He came home. We knew about the farm. Uh, But it wasn't like uh, me being immersed in it every single day. Right. right. Um, But then like starting in junior high, uh, I I wanted to make some money. And so I started working for my dad, just doing basic things like mowing the yard. And I finally got to do some like tillage work and stuff like that. Um, So I kind of eased my way into the operation.
0: Okay. And I just had a conversation with somebody about that because they um, were kind of a similar situation with how I grew up like I we were on our family's operation um, but yet like day to day like I wasn't working the field for the summer like type situation um, and like I don't know how to drive a tractor to this point and so I think it's one of those things where depending on how you grew up your level of involvement obviously varies a little bit but um, obviously that didn't stop you based off of kind of where you're at today with everything um, but did you like always know you wanted to be an ag kind of long term and as your career yes um like
1: I can't pinpoint an exact moment uh where I was like I want to be a farmer but it was like a general sense I always kind of knew it was something that I wanted to do um at one point in fifth grade I told my parents I wanted to be a hairdresser and they looked at me like I was kind of crazy um I'm like I am not good with my hands I would like be totally bleaching people's hair off and be giving them the worst haircuts ever. Uh, But that was the only ever job I was ever like, ah, I might be interested in doing that.
0: Right, ag or (laughs) hair. Yeah, yeah. So then um, as you kind of evolved and grew up and really kind of got your footing in ag, like now you are operating your family's farm, right? You're the owner of y'all's operation. Okay, so how did that kind of unfold?
1: Yeah, so so when I was in high school, um, we had senior projects. And okay. my project was, uh, do I want to be a farmer? <laughs> and I, <laughs> it, like, I, I, it was an interesting senior project. I'm not sure if it was like really all that much work on my <laughs> behalf. But um, I learned how to do all of the farm book work that year. Okay. And um, I just like, I, I set up like, I'm going to work at least 10 hours a week. Um, on the farm. And at the end of my senior project, which I would love to find on like some old computer to see what like, even my metrics were right, but, like the end of it, like my results were like, yes, I do want to farm. <laughs> um, so, so I went to college, um, I got an ag business degree. My parents were very um, adamant on me getting a education. Uh, yes, so I'd have like a backup plan if I decided I didn't want to farm. But also, we are from rural small-town Ohio. They were like, you need to get out of here for a little while. So I got my degree, and then I came back to the farm in 2017. Um, I worked for my dad for a few years, and then we formed Kent Family Farms, and we became partners. Uh, we intended on running that partnership for five years and then begin their transition. Uh, however, during that time, and really my whole life, my dad has had some health issues. Uh, he just physically can't do a lot of the labor anymore. And, um, in 2019 he didn't have a hip for seven months. Oh and God. so I was doing, um, and, and I'm like, I mean, he was there in a chair, like directing me, managing right. me in many ways, but I was doing a lot of the physical tasks myself along with uh, my employee. Um, and he decided that he was ready to hand the reins over. So in January of 20. 20- Mm, whatever two years ago
0: 2021 I guess <laughs> yeah I yeah. Feel like that, they all run was, together
1: yeah that was my first year at, like buying him out so I'm in my second year of running the operation okay
0: wow well congratulations that's a like an exciting uh accomplishment and and venture and um obviously being a woman, which we'll get kind of into here in just a little bit, that's uh, something that is not as common, um, Mm -hmm. just kind of in the world of agriculture. But obviously being a woman should not prohibit us from having that level of ownership or being involved, um, which I'm sure you can agree with. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in terms of your family, so do you have siblings or are you the only child? Yes. So I have an older brother,
1: Cody. He is an ornithologist. He studies birds. Um, and he is a professor at a university. And then I have a younger sister, Kenzie. She lives in New York City and she works at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, so three very different career paths. Um, and they—they they, neither of them really ever had interest in um, running the farm, which was good for me because it's not a huge operation. Okay. Um, and so I don't know what we would have done if multiple of us wanted to come back. Um, we would have right. had to get a little bit more creative. Um, but yeah they they support me but don't don't want to
0: join me (laughs) support from afar right (laughs) yep (laughs) hey sometimes that's just as important as having somebody doing the manual labor right there with you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so when this transition happened of you kind of taking over like what was that like were you ready for it were you like oh my gosh what have I gotten myself into like what was kind of going through your mind um, so the, like
1: the legal aspects and like all the paperwork that you yeah. need to do, um, it really helped that we had formed a partnership uh, because in building that partnership, we kind of already had to set out, this is what's going to happen when we transition. Um, so it was a lot smoother on my end, uh, but it was really like just a matter of months between like my dad deciding that he was ready to retire and it actually happening. Oh, okay. Um, And there was like, definitely some panic on my half um, (laughs) during that time. But like, realistically, my dad still shows up every single day. And he's like a mentor and he hangs out. And it's not like it's all on me and everything's different. It's just that now when I'm paying the bills, um, like before I would, you know, when you see like a crazy six figure bill, you're like, Oh my gosh, at least I only have to pay half of this. Right. And now it's
0: like, Oh, okay. So, I'm I'm paying this whole bill. Actually, it's the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but it's it's been a fun transition. Um, and it's kind of nice that it's happened now. Um, my dad and I thought being that, uh, a lot of people wait until their parents pass away for that transfer to happen. So then you're like mourning someone's loss. They're not there to answer those questions for you. Um, and you have to deal with all of these things while like being in grief. And so it's been nice doing this transition when he's like happy and healthy and he can answer
0: questions. Um, So yeah, I don't, the long-winded answer there. Yeah, no. And that's kind of what I was going to ask too is I'm sure him obviously still being around to help you and support you and even just lend any advice is um, helpful because some days I'm sure you're like, oh man, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Oh, oh,
1: on the regular. And it's it's mostly when um, pieces of equipment break down and I'm like oh I have no idea how to fix this but I'm slowly slowly trying to accept the fact that like I'm not going to be good at all of the tasks and it's okay right. to like out- outsource and I have a mechanic and like it is fine to just call him and let him figure it out that's not my role
0: <laughs> right sometimes saving uh, the time and energy as well than trying to do it yourself I'm sure mm-hmm and for, so do you guys still have um, any part of like the cow-calf operation or is it strictly farming now?
1: Okay. So um, it is ebbed and flowed in many ways, okay. the way that we've
0: done, <laughs> done
1: the cows. Uh, so first, yeah, growing up, my dad had that cow-calf herd. He sold that, I want to say when I was in junior high, okay. um, I'm not positive about that time frame. but then our neighbor across the street is one of my dad's um, lifelong friends. And he was moving into um into a big city because both of his kids had moved there and they were going to retire and live in that city, and uh, he had offered up his farm ground to my parents. Uh, he had some tillable acres, but it was mostly pasture, a farmhouse, and some barns. And he wanted to just sell everything in one big chunk. Okay. Um, so that meant we would be getting back into the cattle business. Um, and it, and it really did kind of simplify things of just buying the whole thing rather than him piecing it out mm-hmm. so we got into the cattle business again and we were in it for a whole 3 months uh he had he um he had some beautiful i cannot think of what breed they were they're they were red cows um and i think he had like about 30 of them and he sold it to us right after they got done calving. So, like a majority of the work for that year had been done, um, but like in those three months, we realized that we were really in over our heads. Um, just it was like during planting season, and then we also needed to be checking on these cows, and like, and we quickly realized that um, we just we we were in over our heads. Right. So we decided to sell the the cow calf herd um to someone local. We sold them for exactly how much we bought them for. So it was like not not a, a business thing at all. Um but then so then we ripped out all of the electric fences. It took us like a whole summer because oh we did by hand ourselves. Um ripped out these fences, fence in a very smaller area, about six acres, and then we bought more cows. <laughs> so <laughs> so we just bought spears and then what we've been doing is we background them and then um Sell them uh, before it gets icy out because my dad loves doing cow chores, but we do not want him to slip on ice and fall. So right. it's like we have them for the fun time in the summer when they're out on pasture. And gotcha. then this year, actually, so since we're doing it for such a, a small time frame, um, the cattle market wasn't looking too ideal to get into. So we actually rented it out this year to a different farmer who already had some cattle. Um, so. We've run all the gamut of having cowards at this point. You've
0: explored all the options. It sounds like, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Well, and I think too, like ranching is obviously one thing, right. And then farming is one thing, but trying to do both at the same time is a lot. And so the people who do that and do that well, I commend because that is two different worlds going on at one time. And that's a lot to juggle and keep afloat. So Mm -hmm. um, I I understand your struggles (laughs) with, with that for sure. Uh, but then on the farming side, what crops do y'all mainly um, focus on in raise, I guess, for lack of a better term? Yep.
1: Um, so this is really simple right now. Right now, we just have corn and soybeans, which is lovely. Um, we've done wheat in the past. We've uh, baled, uh hay
0: before, but this year, right now, we just have corn and beans. Okay. And for somebody listening who maybe doesn't quite understand like what that looks like in terms of like start to finish obviously like you plant and then you harvest but where like what do you do with the corn like where does that go like what's kind of the process of it
1: yes so um our corn uh currently right now we saw we sell all of it to an ethanol plant Mm -hmm. that is uh strictly because they have the best bid um and it just makes the most sense so it is not food grade corn um and then our soybeans uh they can go and be used for a variety of different things um so being that we just do corn and soybeans, is very seasonal as well. So right now we're in the season of um, just watching the crop um, and then uh, we hire out all of our um, spraying done. So just scouting fields and uh, telling them what we want to get things sprayed. So I'm in a little bit of a slower season right now.
0: Okay. And what does the year look like for you guys? I know you guys definitely have a way more intense winter than we do here in Texas. Um, But what does the year look like in terms of like seasons of planting and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yep. Um, So we plant um, late April, May, um, June would kind of be the cutoff for planting. Uh, And then we harvest in late September. And depending on weather in Ohio, it can go um, until Christmas. I've we, we took off one field um, in January one year, but typically, like, we are thrilled if we have all the crops off um, around Thanksgiving and then all of our field work done by Christmas. Um, and then I do a lot of our hauling in January,
0: February, and March. And do you, like, how far typically do you have to go and, to take the harvest somewhere?
1: Um. Yep, so uh, the two locations I mainly hall two is about an hour round trip okay. so it's not bad
0: okay yeah nice Buy ranchers for ranchers together let's make ranching easier previously known as cattle back box strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope and in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. So that's a lot about your farming and cattle background, obviously, but Mm -hmm. then you also have another kind of sector to your business, I guess you could say, um, or kind of your personality on the internet and that's through social media and so how did sharing on social media become a part of kind of what you do and how you interact online
1: yeah so uh the the farm with zoe uh as i like to just kind of call it or fwz um i started that in june of 2021 um so back when I was in college uh, I was with a whole bunch of kids that came from different backgrounds from me and I had like a lot of friends and they always thought it was like so cool that I was like this farmer um so every summer I'd come home and I would send like snapchats and uh, post Instagram stories for whatever we were doing on the farm mm-hmm. and um, I got a lot of encouragement from like friends and family saying that they just like loved these posts. So I knew there was a little something, something there. Um, however, I was like never uh, like a regular poster on any platform in any in any sense. Um, but so I was sitting at a wedding with my friend Justin in 2021 and he is on teacher TikTok. Um, and he, you know, he, he talks about his classroom and what he's doing and stuff. And yeah. I watched him doing this and he had like some really cool success in the beginning. And he was like, and I I had posted maybe two or three TikToks at that time, just like playing around on the app, seeing what it was about. Um, and he was like, You like you should do this with farming. And I I had I had heard of farm talk, um, but like I it really wasn't on my explore page. My explore page was like all these teacher videos because I was like watching (laughs) watching all my friend Justin's videos. And and then also um, my sister-in-law's sister has this big account with dogs. And so I was on dog TikTok and teacher TikTok. And um, so I was like, oh, like I, I kind of want to do this with farming. And then now, of course, every single video I see is farming. Great. Um, but he'd given me some tips and tricks in the beginning. And he was like, you just have to be really consistent about it and like post every day. And so I decided, okay, I and I am a person that like if I get into something like I fully commit myself, go all and, the way, <laughs> like go all the way, which which can be like kind of annoying at times right. because I can't just like enjoy something. I have to like make it my whole personality, exactly. Um, but I I decided I was gonna post every single day, and um I did that for at least like a year, and I think after like the first seven months I had about twenty five thousand followers on TikTok. Um, so it wasn't like, a uh, poof, like I, I got this, um, account overnight. It was kind of slowly over time. It built up. Um, but at about that number, um, a brand reached out to me to do a brand deal. And I was like, this is awesome. I like, I, I love a little side gig. Like right. I'm, I'm going to like really double down on this besides just the posting once a day. Um, and so it wasn't, it was, it was over a full year after I was posting on TikTok that I decided to jump into Instagram. Okay. Um, because I, so I had gotten to go on a little influencer trip, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And this was my first time, like really interacting with, um, people that were like posting for the, for their job. And it was like a really cool experience. Um, we were looking at beef production in Texas actually. Um, and, uh, like in the free time between us doing things, I was like picking these people's brains of like, okay, I have the in like some of these people had like huge accounts, um, and I was like really picking their brains of like, okay, like what do you got to do? And they're like, you have to have an Instagram, um, because like TikTok is this new platform; it could be taken away tomorrow. There's been all this talk about like you know it getting banned in different states. Like you have to diversify the platforms you're on, and I was like but I really don't wanna be posting on Instagram because like, God forbid, the people that follow me on the app, see me post stuff on the app and then judge me for it. Right. Um, And I I don't know, I was just like, I was embarrassed and I I was like a little afraid of people being like, oh, look at Zoe trying to be an influencer Um, because I don't know, it can just feel kind of cringy putting yourself out there. 100% 100% and for people to be like, why, why, why does, why did your opinion matter? Right. Um, but, but anyway, I, I decided like, I just needed to get over the kernsiness of it and start posting on there. And um, for whatever reason. So I started posting on Instagram in September of 2022. Uh, and I, I did a harvest style that, like vlogs where it's just like, I'm posting every day showing the progress of harvest. Uh, But mostly because I didn't have the bandwidth of like trying to come up with a creative, funny video every day. And um, I gained 90,000 followers in roughly 30 days. Um, And like the growth since then is like minuscule, but like for whatever reasons, the algorithm decided it like really loved me um, on there. And it like, it, it, it handed over the blessings. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, so, so that kind of got me the platform there. And then this year I decided to get on Facebook too, um, and some other platforms just to try to
0: capture different audiences, other places. And have you found that within each app there definitely like is a different audience or do you think it's about the same?
1: no um so like tiktok at least the people that i interact with are like they are farmers as well okay and it it's more of a farming uh community whereas like facebook's a little bit of a mix uh and well no no no. instagram's more a mixed i would say facebook facebook is generally people that are older and people that are mean and absolutely like the vitriol and like, I have never been like take it down a peg more than like me just showing up as myself on Facebook. I don't um, get it,
0: but I agree. Like I don't know why Facebook is like that, but it's not so true. Yeah, yeah. It
1: and and I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, I love my community, this and that, and it's like I I, I have a love hate relationship with Facebook. Like, and I tell Facebook all the time, like I don't like this app. People are mean to me. Yeah. Um but I, I monetize my videos there. And so like at this point in time, like I know I'm putting
0: up videos for people to bully me, but I'm getting paid for it. Yeah, so <laughs> so it's, like, right? it's, it's all good. It is what it is. It's just increasing engagement anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So first of all, I know kind of based off of what you just said, it didn't sound like social media was really ever in your plan of mm-hmm. being involved. But then having such kind of crazy growth so quickly, like I'm sure that came with some negatives as well. Right. In terms of like, oh my gosh, now I have this huge audience. How do I keep this up? Like, what was your experience in terms of having this success and then like, okay, then what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a very cool. And like, as I said, um like I was nervous to get on Instagram because I didn't want people to judge me and think right. I was like trying to like gain a huge following. And then I, like I did. And like, I don't wanna say like, I was like, I was kind of relieved that I got the following. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, the people that like on my TikTok, it grew very slowly over time. I feel like there's a sense of community there. And mm-hmm. like, I know people, I interact with people on that app all day, every day. Um, whereas the people on Instagram, a lot of them came in all at once. I didn't really build up that connection with them per se. And then also, um, I try not to look at metrics as much as I can, but because I do, um, ad deals with people, I have to send them my metrics and stuff. And it is hard getting onto the app. And it's like, oh, 2000 people decided to unfollow you this week. So with that big influx, there was also people that, you know, it's like, they clicked follow real quick. They watched for a week and they were like. Oh, this isn't this for stuff. me. Right, and then they hit the unfollow. But like, it's still hard to see that 100%. that number. Um. So yeah, but it's it's been interesting to see kind of the different communities ebb and flow
0: over time. And then in terms of your like content strategy, do you have something like? Are you somebody who like plans it out, or is it more of like in the moment type thing?
1: Um. So like ninety percent of the time, it's. Like, so I try to post my videos before I go to bed at 9 PM because that's who I am. (laughs) Um, And, and very often it's like eight. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I haven't done anything today. I have to scramble to put something together. Now I will say I am going, and I'm so proud of this. I'm going on vacation at the end of the week and I'm going to be gone for like four days. And I have all four videos planned out and ready to go and and then like on Friday, I was having like a creative burst and I wrote down like 10 ideas for videos that I could do. And so like right now I feel very like better than everyone else. Cause I'm like, Oh, I have yeah. it all planned out. I'm ready to happen. I, I have a strategy, uh, but for the most part that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, but working on a farm, like things just pop up every single day. Like right. usually something happens to me and then I'm like, oh, I can make this into
0: a video. Right. For sure. And do you have advice for anybody who's like thinking about starting to share about agriculture on social media? Yes.
1: Um, I have a few pieces of advice here. Uh, number one, you have to show your face in your videos. I know it can be daunting to do so. And there are like also many days that I show up and I'm like i haven't washed my hair in a week and i look (laughs) really disheveled but it's like i just have to get over myself and put myself out there um but showing yourself in your videos like people are more likely to connect with a person than like a piece of equipment or a cow um so that you have to be consistent which feels frustrating at times uh because i don't want to be on social media seven days a week all day every day um but the algorithms does does reward you for doing that. Um now there are workarounds of like scheduling posts out so you don't actually have to be on your phone. But as you know, I'm not that organized. Mm-hmm. Um and then my other piece of advice is like being authentic and showing both the highs and the lows has really helped me. Um, because I think people want to connect with people that they can relate to. Um And with that being said, like, if in the moment something bad is happening, I'm not going to like get my phone out as I'm like, like like one thing that's going on is my cat is in the process of dying right now. Um, and like last week I was uh, just a mess and very, very sad about it. And a part of me wanted to be authentic and be like, Hey guys, I'm actually not at work today because I'm getting these tests done and like, it's not looking good. And I'm really, really sad. But I also absolutely did not have the bandwidth to be like dealing with people being like, oh, you should do this for him. You should do this and this is how I would do it. Or like, cats are dumb. Like, you know, (laughs) I I didn't want to open myself up to, to other people's comments at the time. So I think like if you do go through something that is like tough or hard or embarrassing, it is a value to share that. But like
0: have some boundaries with yourself and share once you're,
1: Once you're willing to.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think too, that goes back to this whole concept of like transparency. Well, and like you just said, being authentic to yourself, which I think sometimes is hard in agriculture because it's, Mm -hmm. there is so much like, or there can be, not there is so much, but there can be so much negativity around what we do as an industry and so putting yourself out there sometimes i think is a little bit scary especially when the, some of those topics are potentially a little controversial um, so mm-hmm. great advice i think that was great to uh for anybody who's listening who's thinking about it or who's already doing it and needs a little push i guess as well um but last kind of thought question here as we wrap up today Obviously, you are a strong woman in agriculture and um, a strong presence for other young women who are wanting to get involved in the industry. But do you have any advice maybe for women in ag as they are kind of trying to find their place in this industry that we call agriculture?
1: Yeah, um, so this is something that like, I I don't want to say like I deal with all the time, mostly just um, now that I'm sharing it online and I've opened myself up to people that don't actually know me, I would say in my day-to-day life, when I transitioned back into the farm, uh, I dealt more when I was newer, I dealt more with the people being like, oh, you're hanging out with your dad or you're your dad's secretary or like like kind of the negative comments there. But I've really noticed that over time, just showing up and just doing the work, people will take you more seriously. It is frustrating in the beginning for sure. Like there are many times that I've like, gotten a negative comment and then I'm stewing on it all day long um but like over over time like the people that I work with take me seriously um and so like yeah I I hate to be like oh just stick it out like be be tough through it um but but really it's just for me that's what I have found um Another thing is like just kind of calling it out sometimes when you do a- experience something frustrating. Yeah. Um, I can't think of like a specific instance in which I've done that. Um, <laughs> at, at this time, but uh, mostly it's just like something will happen and then I'll tell my dad and we'll be annoyed together. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, and and also it's kind of um one thing I do is like I'm very self-deprecating and I will make jokes about myself. And it's realizing that like, um, I shouldn't do that in front of certain people because then they'll think that they can do it too. Um,
0: I do the same thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And and it's like, um, like like I'll I'll say that you know I'm a really bad mechanic, and people are like, well, duh, because you're a woman or whatever. Right. Um. And it's like, yes, I do fit that stereotype of like I don't know how to grease this or that or whatever. Um but then I usually like, if, if there's something that I'm like insecure about, like, um, I've never changed the oil in our pieces of equipment. And like, I realized that I felt badly about that. Um, so I, like, I, I told JD that, Hey, I want to learn how to do this. And it turns out it's like pretty easy to do. (laughs) Um, so, so sometimes it's like, I know we get kind of funneled into like oh you're a woman these should be your roles on the farm but like kind of pushing those boundaries sometimes too can like leave you with a little bit more of a sense of accomplishment
0: mm-hmm. yeah no I, I agree and I think it's easy to get caught up in the narrative these days especially because of all the stuff on social media of like oh I'm a woman I can't do that or I shouldn't do that because I'm a woman because I'm a woman and honestly like if you want to do something just go do it like yeah it us that. <laughs>
1: And, and I have one more little tiny piece of advice and that's like on, on the farm for the most part, things are not as like physical as they used to be, but, um, I have really found like lifting weights makes me more confident and it makes me better at my job because like there are times that it's just like something just takes being a little bit stronger to do Mm -hmm. and like working out has like significantly made me feel more confident in getting my own work done so hit the gym (laughs) hit the gym
0: (laughs) hit the the weight rack (laughs) (laughs) well Zoe I really appreciate you taking time uh, to chat with me and for myself to get to know you a little bit better but if somebody is wanting to connect outside of the podcast uh, episode what is a good way for them to get in touch with you whether that be social media handles or email or whatever you are willing to share
1: Yep. Um. So all of, I am at farm with Zoe, just Z-O-E on all platforms besides YouTube. I had to do farm with Zoe Kent because they didn't want just the farm with Zoe for whatever reason. Um, and then
0: also farm with Zoe at Gmail. Awesome. Well, thank so, you so send much. Me a DM. Yeah. Everybody listening, reach out to her. She's a great resource. Um, but thank you so much for spending time with me today. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at AgChicks for more agricultural related content and also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.